friends, and happy to be back with you in this field of many awakenings. So I was doing my usual business consultation meeting the other day and witnessed an interesting interaction, which I'd like to think happens a lot in daily work. I'd like to call it the blaming game. A few expressions of this childish blaming game are, you should have known, or it's not me, it's someone else, or I have done my part completely, and... Or this pregnant pause that can also be blaming in a passive-aggressive form called silent treatment. And there's perhaps withdrawal. I call this the no-audio-audio and perhaps even more stinging than words and sentences. Then you have non-audio forms of blaming too, like sulking or making faces, all intentionally or unconsciously meant to put the blame on the other person. Now the question is, why? Why Why are people quick to find the issues at work are never their fault? Or if the project takes a crawl, or if they're late for a deadline, or if a mistake happens, that it's because of someone else? How many times have you experienced someone you interact with manipulate or distort the realities of past events? downplaying your emotions as you're just being too sensitive or that doesn't count for something or retell events inaccurately so that he or she is the main star of the show and someone else is the character to blame. That's called gaslighting and it doesn't help a team succeed. Worse, it breaks the trust and hurts the group. Not only is this happening at the level of our professional life, it is also happening in our relationships in life, even in non-relationship situations such as car collisions, a car hits you or you hit a car depending on whose version it is and it's always the other person not paying attention. How could you have seen the car when there was a little kitty that just crossed the road? Never mind that you were texting while driving. It is irrelevant data that's not the point relevant to finding the root cause of the accident. Blame can be blind like this, you know. It's funny how we understand this can be happening and yet we stand so firm in pointing fingers when sometimes our hands are the ones that are dirty. So the question is why? Why are people so quick to blame? Number one, it can be ego. When blame can potentially affect a person's reputation or identity, they feel attacked and defend themselves from all possible harm. When ego can be potentially hurt, blame rises to protect the ego. Now, being in the wrong is a sign of weakness and being the first to claim credit can be seen as strength and take charge attitude. By putting it on another person, we preserved our identity as the one who is right, always right. This way, ego is protected or even fed. How many times do you hear people say when projects succeed that it was because they took the extra mile and really worked hard for it? But lo and behold, when mistakes happen, it was because they weren't supported well or that onboarding was missing or that other people's lack of effort caused the fail, that self-serving bias that protects the ego. When you can potentially be in situations that will make you vulnerable and naked, 
the amygdala response is to shield you from embarrassment and awkwardness by blaming others. Number two reason why people blame. Blame promotes preservation of self. When some stakes like job security, reputation, or money are threatened, people turn primal and preserve to protect not ego in this particular situation, but basic needs like approval, security, jobs, etc. And what becomes the way out is that, hey, let's blame others. At work, when a mistake potentially exposes one's weakness and threatens their performance rating, people are quick to diminish and blame others. Just wait and see how the underhanded and passive-aggressive mechanism maneuvers itself in the conversation and gaslights. The instinct just comes to play very quickly. Beware the comrade or teammate about to take the fall. Now, somebody's got to take blame and it's not going to be me. And we can be such a persuasive gaslighter that we are also able to convince ourselves that we are really the right ones, that we did nothing wrong. Brain welcomes the amnesia effect and suddenly a recollection of past events is now shaped by another story. We can't be defenseless, so we become defensive to the point that we become so convincing, leading others to start doubting their own versions and take blame easily. The victim admits to messing up and apologizes. Everything is back to the way it used to be. Only, only things don't go back to normal. Words are heavyweight and blame can lead to permanent damages in relationships. I've witnessed deep conflicts in teams because the cracks were fed by distorted perceptions of realities and blaming seemed to be the way to survive in this hierarchical food chain. And somehow, when the person who has more stripes blames, whether at work or in our own personal relationships, perhaps we as the parents, the fallen ones get more convinced it was the right version of the story and they accept blame easily. The blame gets positioned as candor. The victim accepts he or she didn't try hard enough. Said words that could have been taken out of context but admits it was his mistake anyway. And when the situation regresses into tears, that it is just drama and that the person is way too sensitive. Gaslighting can traumatize individuals and break trust. Blame reduces situations to an experience where people become limited and there is a lack of choice. Blame is a reductive process and an immature way of getting away with things. Blame is an expression of lack of accountability. And listen to this. Teams will not get their results when there is little or no accountability in people. I love what Brene Brown says about accountability. People who blame a lot seldom have the tenacity and grit to hold people, or if I may add, even self accountable. And it's one of the reasons we miss our opportunity for empathy. If you blame someone, you take control of the narrative. You are not the exposed one. And whew, you don't become or you don't need to be vulnerable. 
you continue to be the storyteller, the one who shapes the narrative. And because everything is in your control, nothing will be threatened or lost and everything will be okay. The result of what we think is temporary and trivial, as we perhaps think blame is, can be huge and permanent. Relationships can be lost forever. We push people away in our life just because we blamed. When trust is taken away, it becomes very, very difficult to recover and heal. People who fell victim will always remember what happened and the person that they have been reduced into. Worse, blaming is infectious. And that's the reason why it's called the blaming culture. It's a culture. People who blame encourage others to blame. And it goes on and on and on until everyone in the team, in the culture, is blaming. So who really took the cookie from the cookie jar? Not me, then who? Not me, then who? How can we then avoid blame and recover the power the empathy and the lessons that are the potential gifts of the original circumstances that initially tempt us to blame so easily. First, we can depersonalize. When situations turn sour and it's time to analyze why things failed, let go of the ego, let go of the person, and let's go south and keep digging for the root cause. You can try using the five whys approach of Toyota. Five whys is an iterative, interrogative technique used to explore the cause and effect relationships underlying a particular problem. The primary goal of this technique is to determine what is the root cause of a particular problem by asking the question repeatedly, why? On the fifth why, you'll probably get to the root of the problem and when it comes down to the behavior of a team or a person, and even when it involves you, turn it into a self-development and training process. We can ask ourselves, what can I do differently in the future to prevent this from happening again? Take accountability and move on to make things better. So that's the first one, depersonalize. Second, interrupt the pattern of telling the story again and again to someone else or it will snowball into something bigger than the problem. Somewhere along the way, something is added or taken out and what do you have in the end? A distorted version of the truth that pins the blame on another person. Tell yourself, today, today, I am going to stop this blaming story. I am going to go cold turkey. Stop talking about the situation to another person who will probably just patronize me and tell me I'm right and hurt another person. Interrupt the negative emotion by doing something else totally different from gossip and buzz, buzz, buzz before coming back to the situation with better lens and clearer perspective. Chances are the blaming has stopped. Third, when it turns out that the situation failed as a result of someone's doing or undoing, transform that temptation to blame into candid feedback. Candid feedback aims to assist, while negative feedback aims to put blame. Now, candid feedback is additive, while blame is reductive. Blame reduces options. 
be the bigger person and hold the person in a space that expands his options than forcing him or her to lose face and worse, lose that one chance at growth. We can always be the one standing in the bigger space by taking care of the processes that help and enlarge than hurt and reduce. Let's be mindful of our own responses and be part of the solution. I hope you are able to pick up one or two chances of new awakenings today. And remember, change doesn't happen when you are asleep. For change to happen, the sleeper must awaken. I'll see you in the next episode of The Awakener. And in the meantime, don't miss this chance to be better by always staying awake.